Hello and welcome to yesterday's News Today, 27th of March, 1910. Former restaurant employee runs amok with immense knife. A physician burns down a house and justifies his act. He declares a widow needed the money and goes to prison. And finally, reviews are in for Edison's Frankenstein. And it's monsters! <laughs> That was the news as it was this week in 1910, the 27th of March. I was about to say 1910. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so this is, of course, yesteryear's news today. I'm Johnny. And I'm Shane. And we're in episode 10. Wow. Yeah. Did you think we'd last this long? No, I thought like episode 5 might have been the yeah, last. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I kind of thought it with the episode 1 as well. <laughs> well, no, just I'd... do 1 and then be like, uh effort yeah no and, and pretty much any time we'd only record we only recorded one episode because we've done we've done like two episodes in a row like well for us recording not playing like oh yeah so there were the only times i knew there was going to be another episode because <laughs> because there was one yeah. record every episode felt like your last one yeah <laughs> saying we, we have to apologize for no episode last week because being honest we had to celebrate paddy's day for a whole week yeah which <laughs> isn't true at all did you even celebrate paddy's day on paddy's no. day yeah neither did I. <laughs> it just didn't suit us yeah. we just couldn't get together uh unfortunately but sorry folks but we have news from 1910 90, you said it again 1910 <laughs> i didn't even say it first i said i, I nearly like, said it and now i it's just i'm so used to saying yeah, it, oh for everything right? d- double digits every time i was writing it doing research i did the same i did 19 i kept Putting 19010 every I'm probably, I yeah, I, pro- I haven't realised it, but I'm sure I have that in my notes. So I'll probably oh, yeah. say it again. It's just like I've never been in a position where I've weekly been saying the years. It's a weird one. We'll, yeah. um, we, we actually, we also missed, we missed two weeks as well, but. No, yeah, it would be two weeks. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, it would be two weeks. We're week. still a weekly podcast, but we don't get, it's not like, like it's very hard to meet up. So, like, I think people can forgive us for missing weeks every please, now and again. Please forgive us. Well, that's. Uh, we never explained the podcast, but it's the tenth episode <laughs> or sorry, eleventh episode. Yeah, but you um, see, we explained it in every episode where I don't think we needed to. But now, if people are going through iTunes and seeing like recent episodes, this will be the mo- like there will be a blank space, and then this. <laughs> that, that is true. So, with the exception of episode one, this is the most likeliest to have new listeners. And we started off by not explaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have clicked on it, just look up there. There's a there's a good description over. Will I read it to you? Yeah, you might as well. For okay, we're a weekly podcast where we discuss the week's news events from years long past, beginning with the week of January first, nineteen oh one. We're now on twenty seventh of March, nineteen ten, and working our way through uh, the next century, uh, one year at a time, each week a new year. So we're doing all new news stories from this week from nineteen ten. Well, to jump into it, if you are listening to this and haven't listened to, we talked about the Black Hand. On, oh, yeah, yeah. What episode was that? Was that six? Episode? No, no, it was eight, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, I'll just read this. Posse kills Black Hand Man in fight. So in Colorado, well, I assume it's Colorado. It's C-O-L-O. March 24th, Samville Coney, which I'm, is that a Batman villain? <laughs> Say it again. Falcone, isn't that? Oh, Falcone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's, uh, Sam, it's Sam Falcone in this, but what's... It's the Falcone, I think. Falcone. I was unnecessarily given it some Italian, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably Falcone, so... Um, it's from Batman Year One. Anyway. A black hand operator was shortly... 
was killed shortly. Sorry, it was scratched out. So he was killed shortly before four o'clock this afternoon in a fight with a posse headed by Under Sheriff Warren Hill. Um, a companion of Falcone escaped on horseback, but is believed to have been wounded. The shooting followed letters to Tony Santuso, who was ordered to place $2,000 in a can at a point several miles beyond the county poor farm under penalty of death. Now, we, we already covered that. He was the musician, the singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was... Yeah, he was ordered to pay... They sent him a black hand letter to pay two grand. Was he the guy he paid one... Or he paid one group and then he got loads of letters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they... He contacted... He, after he got, like, the... He got something like 50 more, like... And <laughs> one from the same guys who... Oh, yeah. Got the two grand and they're asking for 15 this time. And so they organised this thing. There's more to the article. I'll post that, too. But that's a good oh, callback. Yeah. And yeah, the black hand, we won't explain it. It's a, a way to get you to go back and listen to old episodes. Yeah, go back. And also, this week, we were, you were, we were talking about Roosevelt last week. It was his yeah, last... yeah, he did some uh, meeting in New York or something, didn't he? Um, possibly, but I remember when I was doing him, like, at, pretty much after he left office, he just went traveling. And he went on all these scientific uh, yeah. expeditions in oh, Africa yeah. and stuff, so... Just this week, it's just a great head, headline because it's just Roosevelt sees Sphinx at night, so, <laughs> and it's just an entire article just about him it, going to Egypt. Yeah, it's just about his travels, like <laughs> going around Africa, oh, the the continent of Africa, and oh, it's just like former president's wife drinks coffee from gold cup encrusted with diamonds, and that's just. Ahead, like that's like they're just it's all so like the yeah, oh, like yeah. The article just has no information really, but so I thought that was very just filling page. That's it, but yeah, so there's they're all all in the last like three or four episodes. Go back and listen to them if you're just listening to this. But uh, what do you have? Yeah, I've, I've just two short stories from uh that were in the newspaper in uh on the 27th of March. It's just these two little headlines caught my head or caught my eye was a uh, former Bakersfield employee runs amok with immense knife. <laughs> just immense knife. Yeah, just those words. And it's like, so um, this happened on the evening of the 26th of March in Bakersfield. Um, crazed with a drink, John Williamson, a former employee in a local restaurant, attacked the chef and waiters this afternoon with an immense carving knife and was only subdued when, after wounding the chef, he was uh, battered over the head with a revolver. Wow. Williamson says he did not know what he was doing. And this is, oh, this is back to like you're saying, like things written really weirdly and cutting off sentences and stuff. Um, so, entering the kitchen, the man grabbed a big T-bone steak. I don't know what they mean, a steak? Or is that what they call the knife? Oh, yeah. I don't know, but it's not even with a big frozen steak. That's what, right? yeah. So, uh, grabbed a big T-bone steak and promptly hit the chef over the head with it. Right. Then, using a box of canned goods for ammunition, he began a bombardment of the attacking forces coming to quell the disturbance. <laughs> when the chef approached too near, William seized the carver and, striking viciously, inflicted a slight wound. Policeman Blake, dodging a second blow, hammered the man into sensibility. (laughs) 
So from what I can figure out from this is he comes into the kitchen, grabs a big T-bone steak. A frozen one, I assume. Well, even the T-bone. I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, Hits the chef over the head with it. The chef's like, what are you doing? He then starts grabbing like a box of cans and like throwing them at anyone trying to come into the kitchen. And then when the chef got back up again, he grabbed a knife and then slashed him on the arm. Yeah. And then at this point, a policeman runs into the kitchen, (laughs) dodges a swipe from the knife and then hit hits him or hammers him into sensibility this this is like that's not one hit over the head with the the butt of a gun that's that's smashing someone's head in with a gun till they are sensible (laughs) it's the opposite of beating somebody senseless though it's beating somebody in two cents yeah (laughs) it sounds like he was like just a loot he just had gone mental like and they just had to beat him into normality yeah, and then he's oh, I'm terribly <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> terribly sorry, old chap. And the the cop was he um was he did he just happen to be there or had he been chased? It doesn't or say. It was just says like the only mentions of are is that he he was battered over the head with a revolver, um and then later on says policeman Blake dodging a second blow hammered the man into sensibility. Wow. And this, this is like, how long did this go on? <laughs> Like, was it all very quick in a couple of seconds? Did, it, did Was he holding the chef hostage for, like, an hour before the policeman arrived with cans of beans? Like, you don't know. I just... I picture it happening very quick, but it couldn't have. Like, it probably was this really long... But the policeman could have just been, like, sitting having his dinner. And just heard it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't have gone on that long. I just really liked the sentence. Uh, hammered the man into sensibility. That's a brilliant line. Like, you could use that <laughs> yeah. as a threat. Like, yeah, I'm going to hammer you into sensibility. It'd really troll people as well. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, if another one, do you want me to keep it later? No, you no, can no, go. I'll jump yeah. into the next, uh, another, another small one. It was actually in the paper. This is the article right underneath it. Right. And I was like, oh, wow, that's also really interesting because there's loads of ones that are really boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, But these two just happen to be bundled together. And it was uh, Physician Burns House and Justifies His Act. Uh, Declares that Widow needed money and goes to prison. So, uh, in Stevens Point in, I assume, Wisconsin, W-I-S. Yeah, um, On March 26th, Dr. William Jennings was given a three-year sentence in the state penitentiary penitentiary uh, Wapun uh, today after he had pleaded guilty of having committed arson after pleading guilty he explained his case uh, at the time I set fire to the house of Miss Cole he told the judge I did not think I was doing wrong she was a widow and poor she needed the money more than the insurance company <laughs> well said the court what do you think should be given for punishment? Uh, two years at Wapund was the answer. Three years, said the court. <laughs> oh. That's it. <laughs> That's all that was written there. I just thought That's... it was so weirdly written. <laughs> yeah. But just the cheek of him, he's like, uh, two years? And they're just like, three. <laughs> but he wasn't like, it's he wasn't pulling pulling the piss either. Like, no, no. He's like, like, I decided, like, oh, six months. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, two years at a tall would have been yeah. fair as well. 
We but, probably thought he was going to get five and thought if I yeah. say two, two, maybe he'll give me three. <laughs> Do you think if he said one, he might have gotten two? Yeah, maybe. Well, no. I think or he, he might have gotten like five for yeah, yeah. being such a... <laughs> <laughs> but I love that line that she needed it more than the insurance company. Oh, so no, like, I, love so that, I love that logic. But he was like, this guy was a, like, a respected doctor and stuff, but he just decided that this woman, oh, I know, I'll help her. I'll burn her house down. So she can get the insurance money. Yeah. And then she... Uh, she didn't. That's the full article. <laughs> I transcribed it myself. So. Oh. <laughs> Just thought you'd get a laugh out of it. Uh, what was his name? Does it say? Sorry? His name? Yeah. Uh, Dr. William Jennings. William Jennings. Good name. Um, I'd like to find out a bit yeah. more about him. He sounds <laughs> like somebody... Like... <laughs> you read a story... Like a physician, a trained somebody trained in medicine, and that's a that's a completely crazy thing to do. That can't be the only t- crazy thing he's done in life. No, <laughs> no, like what did he do after that? Yeah, yeah, and before, <laughs> like you know, there has to be. We yeah. probably never see them because, like, yeah, what in the med news like? But you have to assume that this guy had had done other just odd stuff in life. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for a doctor to, <laughs> to be take like that, that leap. Yeah, of like, I know. I'll burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> And just like to act that way in court and yeah, everything yeah. about it. It just sounds real cheeky. Like, yeah. I don't know. We'll... But I really like, we should get like more of those little stories. I just do like that. Is it? It's It's just a small, like 30 second just scene. Yeah, yeah. We should just like film those of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just do them as these little odd scenes. Of like a guy attacking a guy with a T-bone steak, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then just that conversation in court. I've actually there's something here I have that would be a really good. Uh, I think it'd be really funny to do it as a the most pointless short ever. Oh really? It's so it'd be so pointless. Yeah. But everything about it I found funny. Now this is a huge cheat. This is actually something. Two weeks ago when we when I when we were we would have been doing it for March 11th. Oh It's yeah, an which, item that I had. That was the original plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's an item I had since then. Um, but I'm going to read it anyway, just because yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait until next time we come around to 19, uh, oh, oh, or 1910. It'd be like what the next time we get to March. We done the match before, and it would be uh, like 12 years. Yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, there is some. First of all, like, do you know what a suffragette is? Um, it's well, it's um. I'm trying to think of the phrasing. It, it, it's women's suffrage. Yeah, oh, sorry. It's like yeah, yeah. The, the movement for like the right to oh, vote. Oh, sorry, I did read about this. I did. And so there was a lot of stuff. Even actually this week, there is a story in the Los Angeles Herald about like just a meeting. And I wouldn't read the article because it's literally just like such no. and such. I read an article about five episodes ago and then went, uh, there's way too much in this to go into. And then I decided not to use it. <clears throat> Well, here's a really good one I found from... Now, this, again, two weeks ago, this was in. So, 11th of March, 1910. This was in the... Oh, it was the Chicago Tribune. So, and this was... This is called (laughs) The Raven Revised. Okay. Right, so... (laughs) Once a... Actually, Is this based on... Ed Poe's The Raven. So, I'll try to do it in the closest I can to, like, a a Poe-esque reading, so... Once upon a morning foggy, while I loitered, grouched and groggy, over biscuits that were soggy and an egg that was a bore, 
While I dwaddled, almost dreaming, and my coffee ceased from steaming, suddenly there came a screaming, screaming never heard before. Tis some suffragette, I muttered, screaming at my outer door. Just a noise, and nothing more. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> But, <laughs> it's mind-boggling. That like, is amazing. It's it, the fact that it's so short as well. Like it's a, it's it's quite a, it's a poor parody. Like, and it's just to get that line in. It's a great ending to it. But what an asshole. But, it, but that's just so it works on so many levels. <laughs> it's like. Taking a dig at Poe, and then at, like he's just like it was a really boring morning, and then this boring thing happened. Well, yeah, I don't even think it, there's any really this, dig at Poe. I think it's literally just a, a, using a, a dig at women. The the it's just him saying that the idea of women being allowed to vote is crazy, yeah, and yeah. It, it's never going to happen. Like they're just making a loud noise. Like yeah, that is uh, brilliant. We're making that. <laughs> Like it'd be it's it'd be the most pointless sketch, yeah. but you do it like you re like you shoot it like a gothic. Oh yeah, you you do a, a Tim Burton on it, yeah, and have like a really good like a Vincent Price voiceover reading the poem, but like literally nothing happens. It's just a guy eating breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing. We're doing that. That's amazing. Well, I'm, I, we should probably like at some point to actually talk about the uh, the whole women's suffrage thing yeah we must do everybody knows they, they got the vote but not <laughs> for like what we're in what 1910 they didn't get it for what 22 23 or something in like ireland that. i actually have a list here of the yeah, countries yeah. the timeline of them they got it in ireland pretty early compared to america i know no america is no. one of the no america is uh far earlier really yeah yeah in America, well, it, it kind of, it's a bit messy. And technically, the first woman to vote in America was like 1750. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But um, in... Sorry? Yes, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that was just because her, hold on, I've got her name written down. Yeah, Lydia Taft. She was the first woman to legally vote at a town meeting in New England. And it's because her husband was a town figure and he died suddenly. Oh, and yeah. just prior to that, the 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 town was having a vote to support the war effort uh, in the French Indian War wars. Oh, so she kind of took his seat, or his yeah, yeah. They voted to let her take his seat, and she won. So, but yeah, I think that in America, I think it was like nineteen twenty when, because it, it was weird in America in eighteen oh seven. I don't know if maybe they were taken. Women were did have were in the eighteen hundreds anyway women could vote in america in certain states but then they were oh, taken yeah. off the register again like it was repeat it was like yeah, gay yeah. marriage in california that there was a huge back and forth oh yeah um so it depends on yeah i guess they might have got the vote early in america but then it was taken it away just as yeah. quick like but i still think ireland i think we're later i think we we're close to like the 30s really i definitely late 20s oh okay um, we're we're in late in the game, like yeah, yeah. But we'll get into that another time. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's, it is. I do have the list here now. If you do want to 
1893, New Zealand. 1902, Australia. 1906, 13, Norway. 15, Denmark. 17, Canada. 18, Austria, Germany, Poland and Russia. <laughs> uh, 19, Netherlands. 20, United States. 1921, Sweden. 1928, Britain and Ireland. And oh, okay. 30s, Spain, Turkey, France, Italy. They're all in the 40s. Um... Saudi Arabia, 2011. <laughs> <laughs> Loads in between that. It, looking at it, it's amazing. Like a lot, a lot pop up in the 40s, 50s. Yeah. Just looking at the places though that are still in the 70s. Now they're places you're not too surprised, but yeah, uh, Italy, 1945. So when women got to vote, that oh, seems very late. We'll get to that at some point. I just oh, yeah, yeah. needed an excuse to read. Read the Raven. <laughs> Is that what it was called? It was just called the Raven Revised. Oh yeah. I and I I read it just like not knowing what was coming as well. Like <laughs> I, I guess maybe I shouldn't have even ex- shouldn't have said anything before and then just read it to you. But then it wouldn't have been funny because no, it would uh, take you a minute well, to guess. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really good thing I like here. Okay. This is the fir- the first bit of actually a uh, movie. Well, unless if we include the execution of Topsy the Elephant as a oh, motion, yeah, yeah. it was called a motion picture, but this is what the the first real like movie news we've come across. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, this is long enough. I, I really like this. It's kind of I had to make a story out of this though. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, because this week in, on this from the the New York Dramatic Mirror, there was a review published on March twenty sixth, and it stated that I'll tell you what film it's we're talking about in a minute, but. This deeply impressive story makes a powerful film subject, and the Edison players have handled it with effective expression and skill. So it was a review of Frankenstein uh-huh. that was shot. I think the I, I think it was just, it was released the eighteenth. I think yeah, the eighteenth. And so this is the first first film version of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um. And, you know, 20 years before the one we know, the James Whale one with Boris Karloff. I know Edison, we've had him before too. Go back and listen to episode four? Or even earlier, I'd say it's two. No, it's not two. Yeah, no, because that was buried alive. Because it was a long one, it was maybe three, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Three or four, anyway. Just just say random numbers, and that way they have to listen to everyone. (laughs) Uh, It was episodes one through nine. But yeah, Edison has popped up a bit, like in different scenarios. Now, of course, what involvement Edison would have played in this? A lot of people will credit. It's called uh, Edison's Frankenstein. I was thinking about this today. I'm going to interrupt you, I, but we may made the analogy at the time. Yeah, I, but I can't remember, right? Yeah, but <laughs> it's because uh, back to like the topsy the elephant. Loads of people. All the headlines were are sorry. The more modern interpretation is that Edison. Killed executed the, an elephant yeah. with electricity and i was thinking about it this the other day that it's like blaming stan lee for spider-man 3 yeah we didn't we made a different it's funny <laughs> we didn't make that analogy about yeah. that what's really funny though when we were talking about uh geez what was where we, maybe it wasn't even the edit we definitely used stan lee yeah, yeah, as an analogy have, for yeah, something else <laughs> but i think related to edison as well yeah, i listened to an interview the other day and it just came into my head <laughs> and i thought oh, yeah, i must bring that up <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought what you were gonna say is like the Edison sort of all these like Edison Edison's Frankenstein. That you're gonna say something like, you know, all the movies you see that are like Steven Spielberg presents. Oh and yeah, stuff. yeah, and people. Oh, that'd be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the first first film version of Frankenstein, of course, based on the novel from 1818s and it was made by the edson studios they, they're set up in the bronx he had a big studio there directed by uh j cyril or cyrilly it's a weird name s-e-a-r-l-e i don't know if the e it's just cyril or cyrilly yeah. uh j cyril dolly anyway sounds like the irish for daily but it's do- <laughs> literally dolly d-a-w-l-e-y oh, yeah. um, he, he directed uh, 150 films between 07 and 26. Wow. Most with the Edison Company. Uh, and just the, the st- so the stars of it: Augustus Phillips as Doctor Frankenstein, uh, Charles Ogle as the monster, and Mary Fuller as the doctor's fiance. And there, it's only three parts in it, and it's very short. And uh, looking up stuff, it always says it's 16, 17 minutes. Oh yeah. But it's nowhere near it. It's like 12, 13. Oh, maybe there's credits or something. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be good. No, uh, like I, I, unless they left the um, the whiteboards up for ages because people were slow readers at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> and they're yeah. shorter in this because the version I saw has has very short ones. But I'd still doubt it. I'd say it's just. Ter- I'd say it's always been thirteen minutes. Yeah. Um. The uh. Have are, have you ever heard of this version? The the first version. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Like it, it follows the story for to begin with. It follows it somewhat accurately, but apparently the film was like deliberately designed to like de-emphasize all the horrific elements of the story, and focus on like psychological horror instead. To the point where you know follows the typical Frankenstein creating the monster route, but has this the ending's actually confusing. Cause uh, you've seen, have you seen a, a proper adaption of Frankenstein? Like, do you know the story, the Frankenstein story? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, When the monster starts to come back to uh, haunt the Doctor, it's pretty much implied in this version. It's all in his mind. Oh, okay. Like yeah. so, uh, the story of Frankenstein for people that don't. The very basic version is he creates the monster, uh, hates what he's done, abandons him. The monster goes, has his own life, runs away, lives in the woods, learns English. All this eventually tracks down Doctor, or the, his creator uh, Victor, and wants him to build him a, a, a woman so as he can be happy if he can't like be oh, yeah. be a proper human. Um, and Victor eventually doesn't, and he kills Victor's uh, fiance, and then they both set out to get revenge on each other, and essentially it ends badly for both of them. But in this version, it kind of up until the point where he tracks back down Victor, it all kind of for for something that the first act is four minutes. So oh, yeah. for what you can fit into four minutes, it's a okay adaption. Yeah. But after that, it's just he he uh, eventually gets rid of the monster. In this version, the monster is more like a, a clingy child kind of, oh, okay. and he's very much a monster. He's done like he's got sort of claw-like hands and he's got big like clown shoes and a hairy face <laughs> and stuff he, it looks a mess but yeah. at the very end he thinks he's gotten rid of frankenstein and then he sees him in the mirror and like earlier on when frank or when the monster first comes back to him 
Yeah. It was the same scene, but this time, the closer he gets to the mirror, it dissolves, and it's actually uh, Victor. So it's like they're implying it was all in his head, or like the uh, heat. The, I'd like, <laughs> yeah, they were trying to say something, but it just didn't really come across well. <laughs> well, the idea that the story of Frankenstein, it's that, like, really, Victor's the bad guy in it, because he's the one that created him. He's the one who, like... He played God and he shouldn't have. Happened. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess the, the idea with this one, because they don't want to have somebody killed on screen, but they still wanted it to be about this sort of inner inner evil of or Victor or whatever. But what's really interesting about it, it's one of the only adaptions, at least that I've seen of Frankenstein, that actually shows the creation of the monster is somewhat accurate. Oh, I mean, okay, pretty yeah, accurate, because yeah. um, like how like how, how's Frankenstein created? Good old classic is using uh, lightning and yeah, and but it's all like the lots of like men stitched together. And stuff yeah, like. yeah, or in a lot of versions, I think is it just like a convict, like they just the body of a criminal or something. Yeah, but the the monster is made completely from scratch in the book. Yeah, and in this film, it, it does the same, and they so, do it. So it's more like a genetic experiment, kind of thing, growing it in a petri dish kind of idea. No, well, in, in the book... But obviously not without that science background. Well, in the book, the, the funny thing is... Uh, it, it, that's actually kind of going off topic, but it's like the funny thing with Frank... You know how people refer to gen- genetically modified foods as like Franken-food oh, yeah, and yeah. all this, and it's like playing playing God with science and all this. Yeah. In Frankenstein, he doesn't actually use science to build... Frankenstein okay. or build Frank. Uh, we'll get to build that too. Yeah, build yeah. a monster. He, it, it's alchemy and occult studies. Oh, okay. And in the book, because the, the book's told, it's him telling the story to uh, while he's on a ship. He he chooses to omit the this section of how he actually created the monster because he doesn't want anybody to repeat it. Oh, but okay. he doesn't use science like the light. Well, the lightning bolt I, that is science. There is a whole thing about. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's an old uh, alchemist he's studying when he was in medical school, and he used um, he, he he talked about the theory of using electricity to give life to something. But it's about oh, yeah. it's not actually about like it is about creating it from scratch, and they kind of do that in this version. But it's more they don't actually go into the occult and alchemy. It's just a little. It's a vat in this yeah. little room, and it's the doctors looking through it, and you see Frankenstein being created in it. But they actually done like an awesome job doing it because oh, yeah. what they done they made a fake like Frankenstein yeah and burnt it in this like bathtub vat thing and then reversed the film oh really and so you see it yeah come together it's really cool for 1910 like <laughs> and actually that's one of the things like the film took three days to shoot mostly because of that scene so and that was considered huge at the time because up until that up until yeah. Frankenstein no movie had been shot at the edison studio that took more than a day and oh, some yeah. were shot in like like sometimes one director might shoot like five in a day so yeah, yeah. spending three days on one was ridiculous yeah so I, I thought that was interesting alone that it was actually somewhat accurate in the creation like i haven't seen even in the one the uh what's the guy's name he directed tor but the guy, you know, the Mary, oh, the more, or Mary Shelley, the, yeah, the one with the, De Niro. De Niro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like even in that, I think it's De Niro is a criminal who's just been hung and they take, and he takes the body. Yeah. yeah. And it's literally a case of like putting 
like I think maybe the brain was created from scratch in, in oh, that know, version. Yeah, yeah. But that version does a really good job up until the point, and then it just descends into madness. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> um, quite a poor version too. But yeah. um, this is the period they did loads of remakes. Then they did Wolfman and Jack Nicholson, and they did uh, something else. I'm trying to think now. There's something else. Yeah, there. I don't. But it was just actually... a period where they just tried to revive those kind of movies. And... Yeah, it's no different than now. I mean, oh, they did um, it. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, yeah, they're still doing it now. Like, they're just trying to now. They're trying to do, do the Marvel the universe. I Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah that looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> that looks terrible. Yeah, and what's funny on this, the credits are weird because I was re- like, you read up anything on this, it switches between who plays Frankenstein because they're referring to the monster sometimes oh, yeah, and the the actual doctor in another which another yeah. just because i've already talked about being annoyed when people say frankenfood it's what really annoys me uh, you might have had it like everybody's referred to the monster as frankenstein yeah of course uh, yeah. and everybody has had somebody say to them oh you know it's not actually frankenstein in the book it's a you know it's actually dr frankenstein that creates the monster and it's the mo- the monster's just called the monster yeah which is is not even fully true either because there's no character called dr frankenstein in the book oh yeah because Victor, he's a he, he's a medical school dropout. Oh, he's not a doctor. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah a, he's Victor. Yeah. So when people call you on something like, "Oh, that's just a movie," you're thinking, yeah, yeah. "I was like, well, so are you." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and also, actually, in the book, like he, they all say he doesn't have a name, but he kind of does. He, well, he's referred to as like the creature, it, the monster, loads of things. But he pretty much takes the name Adam. Yeah, uh, as in Adam he's and the first. Of yeah, 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 and he refer, when he meets up with Frankenstein. He he's, refers to himself as the Adam of your labors, but there's also uh, a a section I think in the same chapter where he's he's pretty much telling uh, Victor what he's been doing for the last years or however that he's been on his own, and he's saying like he he started thinking about what happened the night he was created and thinking about Victor more and more yeah. that he knew he had to have been his his creator. And he he had his journals. He took them from the lab, and he started reading them. And a lot, there's a line: yeah, "At length, a thought of you crossed my mind. I learned from your papers that you were my father, my creator, and to whom I could apply with more fitness than to him who had given me life." And that's literally when they're discussing who he, his identity. Yeah, that sounds to me like he's taken Frankenstein's name. Like, yeah, yeah. If he's referring to him as like, if he takes the name Adam. And he sees Victor Frankenstein as his father. Yeah, his, his name, name is Adam, Adam Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. So, so anybody listening to hears like people have because I, I like I've referred to him as Frankenstein throughout this conversation. And yeah, it's really makes an impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just always annoying when people call you on it. Like, so there, it's a, it's a good rebuttal. <laughs> so you're so basically saying is, well, you're not completely wrong in calling the monster Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think people are wrong at all. I think the monster. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's a Victor Frankenstein and an Adam Frankenstein. Like yeah, yeah. It's, um, but, yeah, anyway, sorry, back to the film. <laughs> no, no, that's the best uh, <laughs> explanation of that I've ever heard. Yeah, I really, yeah. Hopefully, like, I haven't misremembered loads of stuff. I'm like, what? That doesn't happen in the book. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he specifically says, I have no name. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he probably does say that at some point, too. Oh, yeah. But no, it's just a, like, it's just a theory, really. But I, I think oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair... You should do lectures. <laughs> I think it'd be very mumbly and... It'd be really funny. Though. 
But yeah, but uh, as far as the production of this, this is like it was it was just one of thirty films produced in the Edison studio that week. That week, yeah, yeah, it's just rolling them out. The other twenty nine were old timey porn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a really funny idea for. I'll tell you off camera, off camera, off because I, I I think it'd be a really good short. I'll okay. just tell you now. We can edit it out, but set in like the at this period of time and a little it's a production studio shooting porn in the <laughs> 1910s we know that we always hear about edison like hiring people to go around and destroy uh oh that's a great so he's idea. got people trying to stop them from making porn like that is a brilliant <laughs> idea <laughs> so it's like all timey an all timey porn pretty much boogie nights set in 1909 and like edison on the that is genius johnny i think it'd be pretty funny that'd be amazing um, I could definitely cut that out though because that, cut that out. No one's stealing that. <laughs> That's such a good idea. But yeah, so just one of thirty, so pretty busy. Um, and this guy, uh, Dolly, J. Dolly. Oh, I've got, see, I took that. I've got loads of notes here, and just, it's all stuff I've already talked about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shooting it in. Yeah. Anyway, so but all all the people involved were like fixtures in uh, in the Edison Company. Did all appeared in other films like Dolly directed other stuff the guy Charles Ogle who who played uh the monster or other Frankenstein whichever yeah. <laughs> uh he, he'd been working with Edison since uh, 1909 and played Scrooge and George Washington in a series of films apparently they've done a, a huge series of Washington's life and chronicling America which I'd really like to see because it's probably really good old stuff like that there has yeah, to be yeah. a cool Lincoln one as well but uh and this dolly guy like he wrote produced and directed it and he, he was a former actor and started working with edison 09 um which, he he claimed he was the first ever motion picture director which i i i haven't checked to verify if like what what sort of right he has to claim that of course were others but up until this point apparently cameramen were essentially in charge Oh, okay, yeah. And they were still credited as cameramen. So, so... But they were doing the job of directors. Yeah, yeah, but I guess he claimed... Maybe it was because he wrote, produced, and directed it. Like, he, he was doing some... Like, all, oh, yeah. back then, they were all separate jobs that are probably just director now. Because, like, <laughs> even being credited as writing that seems unfair. Because literally, it's just... It's a pre-existing book. With very little, like... Oh, yeah, it's but, your interpretation. It's just... Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean... I, I know, like, you adapt a book now. You, you Obviously, you get a writer's credit. But if you see this film, is it's so basic. And that, like, really, he wrote about, like, six lines of dialogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that seems more like an extension of just directing at that point. Yeah, yeah. But, and maybe that's what he meant. But anyway, this year when he made Frankenstein, he went to California and as, like... Uh, sort of wanted leaders of a, a group of filmmakers that well pretty much to, to set up the the motion pictures directors association yeah so um and yeah he quit film in 1927 to work in radio oh yeah it seems weird imagine that now like quitting the no. movie business <laughs> to work in radio <laughs> uh but yeah, imagine, imagine qu quitting uh, making films just do podcasts. Oh wait, <laughs> Kevin Smith did that, <laughs> and he came crawling back. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, but he's still making films. Yeah, yeah, but he bought at one point anyway. He keeps he going had... on about how this is the last film 
And then like a month later, he's like, I'm writing this new script. I think he's had to like stop saying that now because yeah. he knows how ridiculous it sounds. He like, even announced the mall rats too. Like, <laughs> so it's got like six for a retired director. He's doing well, like, like yeah. 10 films in pre-production or something. Yeah. But yeah, so I just thought like that Dolly guy was yeah, an important figure in, in film. And we're, we like, we like film. me like film this good this is a there's this thing the edison kint kint kintogram um this is just like a catalog of all the upcoming releases from the edison company uh which is just cool that they actually done that back then like that's that seems like such a modern that's like fangoria magazine or something or even empire magazine or something like that but having one specifically for their studio I'm sure Marvel have something like that. Do Marvel have a comic, like a, a magazine they release monthly to tell you what's coming up in the comic world and stuff? Um, there used to be loads of them, but I think now it's all just online stuff. Really. I suppose, yeah. It's just an app for they just that. Have a ca- just, yeah, they just have a calendar online that I follow anyway. But I liked it to done it as early as 1910. And this is uh, just an excerpt from that. Uh, to those familiar with Mary Shelley's story, it will be evident that we have carefully omitted anything which might possibly shock any portion of the audience. <laughs> In making the film, the Edison Company has carefully tried to eliminate all actual repulsive situations and to concentrate its endeavours upon the mystic and psychological problems that are to be found in this weird tale. Wherever, therefore, the film differs from the original story, it is purely with the idea of eliminating what would be repulsive to a moving picture audience. So that's just so weird. That's <laughs> the fact that there, there's like three times in that, just that small paragraph that to remind people that like, oh, we've left out all the disgusting parts. Like, yeah. <laughs> but um, apparently, actually, like it got good, like the, the review I read at the start, it was like well, well received by critics, but apparently like audience members were actually kind of horrified by it. Just because oh, they, of the... Cr- they- Oh yeah, the creation scene in particular, and I think like some bit of religion involved too. Ah, uh, yeah. But we're just, um I feel like I'm going too long, but we haven't actually been recording for long, so I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, it's it. The, it became a lost film. Of. Oh, really? course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, because uh, it was destroyed very very shortly after its initial release. And, like, there was only maybe 30 copies produced. Yeah. And all of them, well, for the most part, yeah, no, all of them were destroyed. But did you, I, not, did you not say you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we get to it. <laughs> There's going to be an end to the story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, <won't, laughs> I, was, I was like, but you said you've seen it, Johnny. <laughs> but, um, and the reason they were des- destroyed is just because there was no point at the time they did just didn't keep films like it wasn't yeah, yeah. wasn't anything about they didn't destroy it because there was moral outrage or anything it was just the film was in its infancy infancy still and yeah it was there like the only point of, of film then was just to turn a profit which i would yeah. argue is still, still the point it's I it. but um yeah the uh it was worth more to destroy them because they could still they could reuse the spool Oh, okay, um, yeah. They were yeah. made of silver, so like it was actually they were quite expensive, yeah. like so. Yeah. Once a film like ran its course and wasn't popular anymore and wasn't making money, they would just destroy them. So like you have a bunch of stuff that was yeah, yeah. for all intents and purposes lost. Um, Plus they were really flammable. 
to yeah. fill them itself. Yeah, it was yeah. dangerous to keep it. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't even throw them in a safe. Like no. Apparently, um, a hundred or one thousand two hundred films that were produced by Edison Studios during its existence, most of them were lost. Wow. We, yeah, apparently we only have a, a fraction of them. Yeah, and I understand that. Like at the time, you didn't know. Like, why you're never going to be thinking of people in the seventies being looking for this stuff. But no, no, it is weird. Like, just imagine the stuff that is lost. Like, that's crazy. Have you ever seen that? Uh, have you ever seen a uh, Masters of Horror, the Showtime series? I've seen some of them. Yeah, yeah. There's a really good episode John Carpenter done called Cigarette Burns. And it's about this lost film where it's it's kind of done like a like a Bergman kind of film where yeah. apparently like it was I don't know if it's a foreign film in it but there's a scene where an angel is murdered and apparently they really murdered an angel for the scene <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and there's just this like historian trying to track down this lost film that has these urban legends behind it it's a really cool episode like oh. um i imagine that's a real film that exists somewhere like some divine oh, entity maybe. came to earth and they murdered him and filmed it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe but um yeah so it was found obviously um well that's another thing actually just going back it might have actually been record recalled earlier because of the way people reacted to it but i don't yeah. know if that's that's i've seen that in some sources but like i've heard it's not new it wasn't received well but you don't know is that why they pulled it back i don't it? like i've seen some things say that i just don't think that is it's my own opinion but like because i've always heard about them doing that there's loads of lost films that yeah. are lost because it was more expensive to keep them like so yeah yeah, well, yeah i don't see why like i mean we, the even like the, as recently as like the the fifties and sixties, it's happening. Like, didn't the BBC record over all the old Doctor Who stuff? Yeah, they, like, did, yeah, yeah. they like, recorded over the tapes. Yeah, so I assume that's it's. There's only uh, audio recordings of them because people recorded them at home on dictaphones. Yeah, and stuff. it was before you'd have a VCR. So there's huge petitions like, to do an animated series using the recordings. Yeah, which I imagine is that a petition or is that just happening? When I had heard that, I thought <laughs> that was just, just. It seems to be just always talked about, and right. yet nobody's doing it. <laughs> right. The BBC would make a fortune. I know, I don't know why I'd say they're holding back for a... But they had the 50th only last year, so I would have thought... Maybe it's because they're still making so much money off what's current. We'll wait until there's a slump and we need content. They probably have it all ready to go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. like it's actually just done. Yeah. Yeah, so it was rediscovered by this guy, Louis... Uh, Detlef, so a French name. Uh, He was a film collector. and It's weird, like apparently his mother-in-law had a copy of 1910 Frankenstein. Like, one of the... Uh, sur- or maybe, like... But at the time, they said one of the only surviving. No other copy has been found since, so I su- yeah. assume this was the only surviving one. Um, she just happened to have it? She just happened to have it. She was doing, like... She used to be, like, a vaudevillian performer or something, and she used to play movies during her show. Oh, okay. So she just, just got... Never it. sent it back or whatever. Like. Yeah, or, like, she might have just nicked it or something and didn't even know who it was yeah. she'd just play because she was probably performing much later than the film had even yeah, been released but what's funny he didn't even get it off her she <laughs> when she died she left all her films to her son-in-law yeah and then he didn't even get off him he sold them to another collector and this guy had to like buy it yeah and i think it was like the third it was still he was still like another three times removed from other buyer buyers like oh, before he got it um and even then he did, he just knew she had like old films and that there could be something good in there but even he didn't know that that was in there and when he okay. got it he didn't know what it was because it was so damaged 
Yeah. So he just left it to the side. But mainly because he, he just didn't want... He didn't know what he had. But he also knew enough. He was a collector. He knew if he played it and tried to figure it out, he'd probably damage it more. Oh, okay, so he's yeah, like, yeah. I'll wait and we can fix it up later and see why. Uh, yeah, so when yeah. I have the money, because it's probably not too important. I don't want to waste my finances yeah, on yeah, it. That's fair. Um, yeah, and I think he knew like it was a monster movie, probably Frankenstein, but... It's easy. We can like Google now see when Frankenstein was see all this information. But oh, yeah. in um, I don't know what year this was. Like I think it was, it was the sixties anyway. How do you even find out? Like people probably didn't even know that there was an Edison Frankenstein. No, it just no. been something that was one. Like we said, that was one of thirty movies that they met that, that week. week. So yeah. it just came and went. Like people remembered it like the way people would remember an episode of a soap opera now not even an episode of breaking bad <laughs> no but like of a soap opera some terrible soap yeah. but then it was in the like in the in the 60s then uh, some film historian just discovered the the old magazine that the edison company sent around to promote films ah. and he found that and saw the picture of uh, charles ogle dressed up in the the full makeup as the creature or the monster or Adam yeah. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> You're really um, sticking with that. <laughs> and yeah, so, and he wrote about it and then the picture started to pop up in like, you know, he had all those, I don't know, all those 60s monster magazines. Like oh, yeah. it started appearing in a lot of them ones alongside the universal ones and there just came to be some interest in it. Yeah. And eventually like, yeah, it was research and people discovered that you, more about this 1910 version of Frankenstein and it just became really sought after the IFI not the IFI the AFI the Irish Film Institute but the <laughs> AF the AFI done like a list of sort of the most sought after like 200 most culturally significant oh, yeah. lost films and that was one of the highest mm. so and then this guy uh Detlef or Detlef French guy whatever his name is but yeah Detlef uh heard this and he's like oh I think I have that yeah he announced he had a copy and now that he knew what all was worth, he was yeah. unwilling to release it to anyone. Of course. So he could make a few bucks off it. So, and in the, in the late 70s, he allowed a few minutes of it to be played in a BBC documentary. Wow. Um, that was released on home video and all, so it spread around even more because of that. You know, and, and just the versions he released to the BBC, because the film was public domain... Anyone who even saw the the BBC version could take the clips from the BBC oh, documentary okay, yeah. and put them into any documentary they made. And then you had more clips from Frankenstein going around. Yeah. Um, and that was his fear. That's why he wouldn't release it, even to lend it to people or lease it out. Because yeah, they could just take it. Yeah. Yeah. And like he wanted to, he, he was trying to like find a way to release it himself. Yeah, yeah. Proper release from it. But you know, this is still, this is only the 70s. So you can't release it. It's not like if he found it, if you found it, if, if we found this copy now. You could release it on like VOD, and at least for the first few days, you'd make a bit of money off it before oh, yeah, people yeah. start copying it and putting it on torrent yeah, yeah. sites. But back then, he didn't even have like VHS wasn't even an option. Oh yeah, yeah. So he he became very uh, guarded about it, and in '86, uh, he donated a copyright protected version of the film to uh, the Academy of Motion Picture and Science. And this is the version that's eventually you can see online. And he went out of his way to protect it because there's like, uh, there's like four watermarks on it. Like there's oh, one really? of them. They're, yeah, they're all over it. Like, <laughs> um, well, actually, there's. I think the original print did get out, but yeah. And he actually like petitioned to the Academy then to get nominated for an Oscar. 
<laughs> for his work in protecting this film, even though like he done nothing, like, he yeah. just because uh, like this everybody was really angry about this guy because there's they saw that he was holding on to it so much. Yeah, he was just sitting on a something that was really of historical significance, yeah, yeah. and he'd done. And I agreed because he'd done all he done. He bought a copy. He didn't know what he had. He thought he could make a quick book off it. Like he he'd done no work, like yes, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> and yeah, he he, he lobbied for, for an Oscar. <laughs> but That's ridiculous. I don't even like what what did, Oscar would you give him? Like, yeah, maybe there was one. Maybe maybe create a special award for <laughs> working. Like actually, it would be a good Oscar though. Like for like you see like so many like stuff to have have been destroyed and they're put together like really oh, yeah. well. Like like the you know the like. Vietnam and HD oh, and yeah. stuff like they look incredible. Like. I suppose it could be like historical contribution to film or something. Well, I, even just a restor like or restoration, restoration. yeah, yeah. Best restoration Oscar. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. If you're gonna hand out best song, like I know, yeah. how about something that actually like preserves films? It's ridiculous. Like it's crazy that the, the Oscars include music so much. Like actually, I don't mean like score. That makes sense, but it's just an entertainment. Yeah, thing. but he he eventually like in the eighties. Or sorry, very sorry. Late nineties or even as early as the two thousands, he started having more public screenings. Um, there was a yearly one somewhere in New Jersey that like played all the every Frankenstein movie or at least every good one. one. Yeah, yeah, and he he agreed to that. But still, he was trying to find ways. To, he did get a DVD release of it, and it was just they done a bit of work on restoring it, but just I don't think he made anything off it. But uh, he died in uh, where? Uh, actually, I don't know what year because I just found his obituary while scrolling. This a uh, <laughs> good obituary for him. Okay, Louis F. Detlef, responsible for preserving the sole existent print of Thomas Edison's 1910 adaptation of Frankenstein, has passed away, according to a report in the Milwaukee Journal. Um, his badly decomposed body was found by police lying in the bathroom of his home in Wisconsin on July 26th. His daughter and son-in-law lived across the street from him, but had not seen him in over a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The journal stated that his son-in-law described him as a bitter and reclu- uh, as bitter and reclusive, hence the lack of contact despite their close proximity. Okay, so it probably wasn't uncommon for them to not see him for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it sounds like he was a bit of an sounds like he was a bit of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like he was just a stingy guy. Like, yeah. like that was probably why it took him. Like, it sounds like that's probably why I have this vision that he was when the mother-in-law had the films. He was really wanted them to be left to him, and yeah. she just left them to her son out of spite, like knowing that this yeah. guy was a film art like collector. She was yeah, like, I'm just uh, not giving them to him. Yeah, because he's. Because of who he is, yeah, what he's like, That's and it's probably why it took him so long to buy them when it was being passed through other collectors, because he was probably trying to get them for his absolute minimal amount. Like, yeah, yeah. that's all. That's a complete guess. All <laughs> 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 <All> assumptions. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh... No, I've got like some quick. Uh... Frank and Do you reckon, like, can I? Get, um, just gives me an image of the, like he's like sitting on the toilet, mummified. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clinging to the print still yeah yeah <laughs> uh, or he made his own oscar 
Mm. <laughs> like to be fair, like at least he done. At least he restored it. Like and oh yeah, I mean like he could have been. Like I, I can understand somebody wanting to make a bit of cash off it. Like if the to be honest with you, if I found something like that, I would try and make money off it as well. I probably would, but if I got to like thirty years in and I hadn't made anything yet, oh well then, yeah. then I'd be like, well, you can just have like I'd I'd try for like a I'd probably give it a year. Try to yeah go. yeah. But if I was trying to. He wanted to make money by just selling it to people. He didn't want to make money by organizing his own screen and actually doing the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just you would do. He just wanted somebody to come and buy it off him. It seems like for the most amount of money. Yeah. Um. Instead of actually like he could have got out there and done something with himself. But yeah, no, it's not like like I was saying earlier. Like he done that and he just came across it. But I guess it's no different than if you came across a copy of amazing fantasy like the first edition of spider-man yeah, like, yeah. You, you would of course t- actually yeah like you come across a, a copy of like superman one uh, like some yeah, mom and pop stuff. Comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're selling for a dollar like or a euro oh of course you buy of course oh, that one that wasn't the question <laughs> no 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 well, my question is when you buy it and when you go and you sell it how much do you get for them now like i know like it's a couple of million anyway yeah if it's like a grade 10 or what yeah let's say you get like half a million and when you go and sell it and you make your millions do you go back to the mom and pop shop and give them like 50 grand uh it depends how nice they are they're let's per se they're nice they're just like they're in it's an innocent old woman you buy them off yeah i probably would yeah okay yeah i definitely would like maybe I, like or I'd at least tell people i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess they're... i don't know i probably would yeah yeah yeah, no. I like, like if you walked into a charity shop and you bought something like that for like a euro or something, would yeah. you then give money to the? Would you go like like that? You're saying would you give like fifty grand to the charity then or something? Yeah, probably more inclined then if I got from a charity shop. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'd love for that to happen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like every time I walk into a charity shop, it's what I dream of. Like. I know, me too. But I have like it's funny. Like I haven't found some cool stuff in charity shops that like I don't think there were anything. Like I got a copy of Ritual. The, and if it was hardback, I'm sure it'd definitely be worth a lot. It's the book that, um, what do you call it? Uh, Wicker Man was based off. Oh, yeah. And like, it, it wasn't a popular book. It was released in the 60s. Like, there's only a few, like, there's a lot of prints of it, but it was only ever, like, it only got like three reprint prints, say. Yeah. And it was released, and, and again, very recently. And this one's probably from the 80s, but in really good condition. And it's signed by the author. And he, like, wasn't, he, he wasn't popular at all. Like, Oh, and yeah. he died long before the films became popular, so there wouldn't even be many signed <laughs> copies of his book. Like, so it's rare, but yeah, you don't know if it's worth anything. Just yeah, just because it's oh yeah, it's like it's, some things are rare because they deserve to be rare. Like not that that's one of them, but like yeah, rare rare doesn't yeah. always mean money either. Like, but it's still a cool find just to own. Like oh, yeah. a friend friend of mine went into you know those um, game shops that sell all like old. Uh, Nintendo you games told and stuff. me about this but yeah tell it and anyway. it was some like really obscure game like probably like a tennis game or something like yeah, yeah, yeah. from like really early 90s and uh, he saw it and it was like in the shop for like a fiver and he'd remember hearing about it as being considered one of these valuable games yeah, yeah. and he was like okay he went up to the counter and was like is that just a fiver and the guys were like yeah yeah and I went Oh, we have some sealed ones in the back. So they had <laughs> ones that had like never sold or been opened. Wow. And he was like, um, okay. 
how many have you got? And your man's like, oh no, I'll have a look. And he had like three of them. So he's like, and are they a fiver as well? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he sold them for 50 quid each on eBay. <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah, actually, maybe I didn't hear that. I think yeah. I was confusing the different something somebody else told me. Yeah. Uh, uh, if only. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you uh, yeah. I found really like yeah I've had stuff like that where I found cool stuff that I really liked but I'm not sure yeah. if that, that if there were it's more valuable, anything yeah. yeah I've got now other stuff that I just like actually like paid a bit of money for that yeah I've, I've worked on it yeah yeah I, really, I know um somebody that uh gave the first edition of Carrie to a charity like Stephen King's book char- Carrie oh, no. it's a first edition of uh, author's first book like there yeah. there was only like maybe 10,000 because it was the first novel like the, the, oh, the, yeah. net, the first time author especially then like oh, I suppose yeah first first edition I suppose yeah there would only be and then yeah. does well so you do a second edition yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and oh. the fact that so it's a first edition of an author's first first time author's first book and that author goes on to be probably huge. one of the biggest authors yeah. ever and they, yeah. like, they dropped it into a charity store <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I was about there's to make somebody. A... There's somebody has it on a shelf somewhere, and it's probably it's probably been given back to a charity shop. That's the worst thing. If something goes to a charity, like that goes to a charity shop, you know, it's probably stead there because the people who are gonna and what's the chances that it'll be somebody like me or you who wait for that day where we find? No, some the... granny's gonna buy it for their grandson. Yeah, who likes Stephen King, and then who's never taught about them being collector editions or anything no, would like. read it and then probably give it back to the yeah. charity shop not realising so it's worth something <laughs> there's ones too like I saw um, Neil Gaiman's book American Gods uh, first edition and no that one like it'd be worth maybe you know it'd be like comics now yeah. you're not going to get hundreds for it but it might be it's probably worth 50 quid because it's yeah, the first yeah. edition and it's that thing where somebody wrote their name on it like oh. <laughs> 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 annoying it's like, it's like uh, I might have to cut this out because it's a present somebody got. No, I'll, wait. I'm going to change the story enough. So it's <laughs> okay. I got a present from somebody that was a book, and it was a certain book that was like one I really wanted to collect. Like would be worth a lot. And it's you know when people like write like oh to Johnny hope oh, you yeah. enjoy. Somebody wrote that on it, and I was so annoyed because like because oh. <laughs> you knew it would be worth something. Yeah. Like. yeah. Uh, and not even because like I don't I don't buy books to sell I don't, there's nothing I've ever bought with the idea of, like oh this will be worth money at some point oh, yeah. it's more like I like having like but was stuff. it already kind of valuable the time they bought it for you um it would have been but I don't they won't have known it and who they where they got it probably mustn't have known well like so that was a good tangent but so like just to finish up with well that is to fit that we have finished up but i have some uh franken facts oh nice i just wanted to say the word franken facts <laughs> they're, they're not even that good like because this is what i found when like looking for information on this this is a uh, though this is certainly the first adaption of frankenstein it's not the first horror movie and that's what most sites about this uh, all okay, claim yeah, yeah. uh uh, George Milliers, who I think did we talked about him on this before, first episode when we're talking about H.G. Wells, wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah. he came, yeah. Um, and yeah. I remember te- I told you Hugo was about that, and you were like, oh, I didn't know it was about that. Like, yeah, no, no, yeah. I knew Hugo was about him. I just didn't know the film A Trip to the Moon. I didn't, I hadn't seen that. Oh, and sorry, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't know that was based on the H.G. Wells yeah, thing. Yeah. I think there was something else he told me about him too, though. But yeah, he directed uh, Le Manor 
uh, Du Diable, or uh, The Haunted Castle in English, and that was in 1896. So wow. that has to be... There might be other. Somebody could correct me on that, but from what I can tell, that's the first horror movie. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen it, so maybe it's not... That's a maybe it's a serious comedy. melodrama. <laughs> but no, I, I, I've, I've looked at stills and... and uh, yeah. read the plot description and it's definitely a, a, a horror also this is funny because like so much in just really the times don't change because we're looking at our third reboot of spider-man in 15 years yep another edison version of frank and as i said it's not stanley's fault <laughs> and <laughs> an- another uh edison produced or maybe it wasn't well actually he did produce it uh adaption of frankenstein followed in 1915 called life without a soul so the way it a full full five years oh yeah so it was no different back then movies were meant to turn a profit in that alone and were rebooted and relaunched like there's yeah. so many versions. from the beginning basically of yeah. studi- big studios yeah the first films were remakes of the very very first films like yeah. that's um and yeah and this and this one is actually a lost film from all i can tell i couldn't find it anywhere oh yeah apparently this one's 70 minutes wow so which yeah very long and apparently like you know it was it was a spectacle like they a spectacle for 1915 i guess but still apparently they shot all across america like and it was quite elaborate and in this one it goes (laughs) like it's the same it kind of does go in that more psychological uh fear of of the monster and that all this it, it follows the the 1910 version apparently the ending to this one the only difference is that the 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 main character at the end it turns out it was all just a dream no yeah apparently he felt the last shot is him waking up and he's got mary shelley's book on his chest (laughs) so so as well as remaking movies they're also doing that like that's how far back it was all just a dream goes and i looked up i was trying to find just makes you think about like everything you wrote in school (laughs) i i just googled what was the first film where it was all just a dream and like i just got loads of discussion and nobody could really figure it out so i think this is possibly that I'm, i'm gonna go with this but yeah, so that was the the, the the second remake of Frankenstein, but would not be the last, of course. Of course. <laughs> there were eight Universal movies produced, seven Hammer, um, and around 50 Hollywood level, like level, like not your, your sci-fi made for TV, but 50 yeah. like huge budgeted ones. But the number is actually closer to like 150 of... Wow. I, I could actually like sort... <laughs> I'd say I've seen maybe five but 50 yeah. I've, i could get 50 that i've like i've seen that poster oh yeah, yeah. like 50 are like oh they're actually big productions like and then 150 when you include like van helsing and stuff like oh, that okay yeah but then and then but still not um, sci-fi original movies and yeah stuff. well no no not still not including them i don't think i think 150 oh, okay. is still excluding the the low budget ones yeah it's like 50 at least that are like proper like based on the novel they had a cinema Mary release Sh- yeah or i think 50 that have are like based on the novel by mary shelley yeah then 150 if you include like just frankenstein popping up in van helsen or something like if he's in say lincoln vampire whatever he is like if frankenstein appeared in that they're included but i think when you go to like the sci-fi med for tv movies it goes into the thousands really yeah and then like you don't not even counting for tv as well like oh yeah because that seemed like when then you get things like 
Adam's family and the original monsters yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He was meant to be he was meant to be Frankenstein's monster, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. In the monsters. Yeah, I think that's I think it might have been the the monsters that actually done that. That's where everybody kept calling came to call the the monster Frankenstein as well. Yeah, so yeah. I think he was called a Frankenstein in it. Like Frankenstein because there was a Fra- yeah, yeah. there was other Frankensteins. Yeah, the idea was that uh not Dr. Frank, Victor Frankenstein yeah. had made a load of them. Yeah, yeah. And he was just one of them. Yeah. And, well, and I guess what done it, like, the, the, I remember, like, the, the Karloff Frankenstein, like, the cover to that just has Frankenstein, the big writings, and then a picture of the green monster. Yeah, so yeah. that as well, I guess, people just... Was he the first it. to have the bolts on the neck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, there was another uh, remake, there was another remake of this, this version, like, this... The 1915? The 1910, I guess. Say, yeah, because yeah, that's the thing. The 1915, they, they refer to it as a remake, but I'm guessing that's just another adaption of Mickey's. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, the, and this this one was still made as a short film. Uh, a director called Robert David remade it in 1990. I've, I haven't seen it, but he apparently done a, re- like he, a shot-for-shot remake, but made it look oh, really re- cool. Like, oh, and cool. it's still done as a silent film. But and last thing, uh, George Ogle, who played uh, the Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster, uh, he appeared in a hundred silent films, and has an award named after him. And I found this this is pretty ironic that the award is for it's an award for best fantasy and horror in audio theater. So oh, a silent yeah. movie star has a audio. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. It's called the the George Ogle Award. I think we should like if we we should aim to do a yeah a radio drama and try win that award. Absolutely. Um, that, that's that's really all I have. Is that everything you have for nineteen ten? That's pretty much me done. Well, I do have one thing that I uh, was I mentioned to you. The thing I did oh, like, a pop- Yeah, we'll do a few of them. Well, there's not a few. There's only one. It's one item with a few things, but. Yeah, I went longer with Frankenstein just because I realised <laughs> that's going to be a it's short really, episode. But it's a really fascinating topic. It's a really good one. And, like, we're going to... That's what's cool. We're going to get to more movie stuff now. Like Yeah, yeah. We're getting into that kind of time interesting. Yeah. We, uh, we should have had you watch it while we're doing that item, but... Oh, uh, yeah. It doesn't really matter. Um, We could... I, I'd like the, like the idea of, like, watching it together and doing, like, a commentary track on it. Oh, we should definitely <laughs> and uploading do that. it. That'd be good. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, so, no, I do have something here. It's like, we've got a, a lot of mention, it seems, in this podcast of how 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 stuff back then was... It's just how things haven't really changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, there's been a lot... Just in that Frankenstein stuff alone, it's like, wow, that's the exact same as how that business runs today. Like, yeah, yeah. in, in a, over 100 years, nothing's changed. But... I, I, the more I look into stuff just for this podcast, the more just that seems apparent. Because just like today, like today, if you go in, go on to like any like video game centered video on YouTube and just type a comment saying like, oh, the Xbox One has superior graphics than the PS4 and yeah. leave that comment. And within an hour, you'll have ho- you'll you'll create a shitstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Is this that you pass your time, Johnny? No, I don't. I've never even played an Xbox One. <laughs> no, but just, just to mess with people. <laughs> or I, uh, no, but I should. Yeah. <laughs> I've never even. Yeah. Um, but you know, back back in a uh, nineteen ten, that would seem to be the case. So too. trolling started in nineteen ten. <laughs> yeah, I guess. 
I'm being unkind to these the guys from 1910, I guess, because this maybe wasn't as much. No, I was trolling, really, I think. <laughs> um, but it was just like internet arguments. I guess, like, because, yeah, I guess when you get into like people arguing about game consoles, it's just pathetic online. Yeah. But you know, like, if you if you express a political view on YouTube as well, like, and when that like might not be trolling necessarily, you might actually mean what you're saying, but still don't. Like, you click onto like most uh, videos that have something political in them on YouTube comments are disabled and you oh, know yeah, yeah. like oh this must have been a bloodbath <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah but this is now what i found this it was in the back of the la herald and a lot of other papers did to have a section called public uh letterbox and it's just like for people can just write in and they're just printed and it's to create a well, I guess there, I I didn't realize it was really to create a conversation like this. But <laughs> now I found this one on the twenty fourth of March, nineteen ten. So this week, but and I I won't read this to you. I'll, I'll end with this because I read this and was like, oh, I have to go back and look at where this started. Yeah. So all the way back to March twelfth, this was posted in the public letterbox. Oh wait, actually, sorry, this was February. So, this is in February, so this goes way back. So, believes working class is far too extravagant. So, this is a man who posted it on February 26th. Sorry, I got the date wrong a second time. The American men of the working class want too much of the luxury, luxuries of life. The average butcher wants the best cut of meat for himself and his family. That is as preposterous as those who work in silk factories should want to wear silks are those who work in Pullman car shops who want to travel in first class. Those who build automobiles usually ride on a trolley on trolley cars. And that is right. My <laughs> my chauffeur tell <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna stop again. Actually I, I guess I did find the original this is the original one. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, <laughs> I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. It clearly is just reading it. My chauffeur tells me working class people of France and Germany would not dream of doing things that work that workers of America do. I have always noticed the peasants of Europe are more centered than their class in America. The people need education along this line. Signed, a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing... What a, We can't say certain words, but... Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> that's great. He just wore, like, he's saying, like, you know, if you, if you build a car, you yeah. shouldn't be allowed, you're below the people who should be driving what you build. Yeah, because it's, it's a labor job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he felt, uh, felt the need to express this. Do you want to hear a reply? Oh, I absolutely want to hear a reply. So it is just a, a week later, I think. Uh, says letter like gentlemen's will do the educating it's from eagle rock march 1st to the editor it's a long enough one so i might skip I'm a bit bad at reading these type of things oh, yeah. uh, i wish to commend the readers of the letterbox the letter in and the letter in monday's hurled over sorry i want to commend the readers of the letterbox the letter yeah. in monday's hurled over the signature of a gentleman Anyway, I, that doesn't really make sense to me. I wish that every working man, every toiling woman in America could read that letter for it is a gem. It is, 
it is more it is a masterpiece it deserves a place in history along with with the dread scott decision and the firing on fort sumter while it totally outclasses the butchered letters and god knows I don't know what that means. I don't get the reference. But, uh, Bobby Burns has said, a man's a man for a that, but there appears to be several kinds of a gentleman. Okay. Uh, there are some who style themselves gentlemen by reason of their ability to enjoy good things of life without rendering onto society equitable services for what they receive. The author of that of the, the letter is, I take it, of this class. He owns an automobile for he speaks of his chauffeur. According to his letter, he had no part in producing the auto. <laughs> if he had, it would have been preposterous for him to... Okay, so sorry, I'm just going to skip because they're just mentioning yeah. what he says. Yeah, yeah. If, as the gentleman says, the workers who produce the good things have no right to enjoy them, I wish he would tell us who has and why. And she goes on, the time may not be far off when education will take effect. When that time comes, the man who rides in the auto will have done something to deserve it. The chauffeur will have the same opportunity for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, A gentleman, no more and no less. That's the signature. That one wasn't as good, but... It's funny, yeah, like, the, the debate much more has is becoming about what a gentleman means okay it seems anyway because he's calls himself a gentleman after being yeah uh that kind of which is a really ungentlemanly thing like especially to write a letter open letter like that yeah it would be very ungentlemanly that's what i'd have thought like unless my ideas be completely i want to get involved in this i want to write to this What's his name? (laughs) you should write the paper now (laughs) i don't yeah i think the Elliot Harald isn't Opera, I think that. Wonder who they've turned into or been syndicated yeah, into. Yeah. So I think that was one of Hurst's, one of William Randolph Hurst's ones that might have just went when he died. Um, well, I stay going reading some stuff. I'll try. I'll try and like skip through. Um, <laughs> this, right. So another reply. This we're getting into March now, March eleventh. Day after day, I have eagerly scanned scores of letters in the world, seeking in vain for a reply to my note. This is the, this is the guy. Yeah, yeah. this is the gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a plaintive pipe of protest, a wave of invective, but no argument worthy of the word. Uh, I had not the slightest idea uh, of raising such a furore when I dictated my first letter. I, I might be just being being a silly goose here, but when he says I dictated my first letter, does that mean he, he had somebody writing? <laughs> yeah, because I imagine him walking around his study with his arms behind his back. Yeah, this <laughs> his butler like took down, or he has to have some like little, some small little sidekick like a henchman. Oh, yeah. Um, it would seem that the working class does not like to hear the plain truth about its condition. Its condition. They build Pullman cars and travel in the day coach, but they don't want it known. From whom do they seek to conceal it? (laughs) They weave silken fabrics and wear cheap cotton, but they do not like to see the facts spread in type. They work 12 hours in automobile factories and hang to a strap in a crowded trolley car on their way home. But they think from having the fact badly... But, oh, they shrink from having the fact badly boldly stated (laughs) they prepare uh, uh, they they prepare the choicest food and eat the coarsest 
they pay the ultimate tax for the highest educational facilities, yet their children rarely are graduated from high school. From whom, I say, do they hope to conceal it? Do they not realise that those who ride in the auto and the pullman are alive to the situation? Those who have written me directly, the Herald Editor has forwarded over 20 letters, and those who have written for publication either deal in idle abuse of resent uh, the way I made these facts public, not one has admitted the manifest truth of my statements or sought to show how conditions should be changed. <laughs> <laughs> he totally misses the point. Like, Completely. He, he thinks that they're all ashamed of... Like, he's just refu- oh, he's just absolutely refusing to... To, to, down, take, yeah. to, or to take what, any, anything anyone says on board, which um, is like very like somebody on the internet like you see fights on the internet somebody can like say something unbelievably stupid and just wrong and you can correct and you can post a link and say oh no like look if you look here actually this and this happened and then reply oh you think just and they'll let go on a complete tangent and argue something else he's kind of saying there that like the reason so many people have objected to his letter is because they're they're ashamed that it's been pointed out that they have to ride on the train to work yeah yeah when they're kind of like no, it's preposterous. <laughs> you think we're not entitled to have a car because, oh, man. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Oh, you just can't see. You just can't see it any other way than his own. Like, but I can it, understand why arrogant. he can't see it that way because I can understand it in that he's just arrogant. Like, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't know any better either. You know that kind of way. It's, uh, oh, a gentleman man. should. It, that's the thing. <laughs> well, here's a. There's just because these want. This is at least quick. Uh, in reply to the correspondent in Friday's Herald who signs himself or who signs herself a lady, I would like to say that she has a very wrong impression of the two words lady and gentleman. The words were originated among the ancient, ancient Romans and the people who called themselves ladies and gentlemen were very much like the true Christians of today. They were truly gentle, kind and considerate to all of their fellow creatures and all aristocrats who taught themselves better than others who were not so blessed with wealth and social position as they. No real lady or gentleman need wear a badge to distinguish them from the common herd. Their conduct will show to all what they really are. I think if a lady would sign her name to her writings that some of us would prove ourselves as refined and in every way as gentle as she one of the common herd. That's what that was signed off as. <laughs> That's, That's, really good. Good. That's a really good letter. Um, well, just like I'll finish up just this because just because have to read this one. This this the one. There's now there is loads. I just skipped a bunch, like because yeah, I yeah. realized how boring it could be to read them. That the conversation's better, but just to bring yeah. it up to date with what was actually from this week. This is invites gentlemen to give cause a remedy. Uh, a person signing himself a gentleman some time ago now comes to the front come to the front comes to the front or i might say comes to the print again under date of the 11th throwing slurs at the working class for not doing so and so and criticizing others for not answering his communications to suit him <laughs> which exactly what you yeah, said yeah. if it is true that a gentleman knows what is wrong and thinks that he knows the remedy why does he not out come out with it why does he not out with it? i suppose i guess why does he not come out with it yeah uh, he is not to my knowledge told us either the cause or the remedy of this unjust economic system 
that's a good point actually yeah the, yeah. yeah like if, if you're going to create uh, any argument like either have the cause or remedy to it or then just don't say yeah, anything yeah. like yeah. um only has to be a theory like you don't have to have a solution no <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but yeah i thought it was brilliant like and there's so like i'm sure i'm sure that debate went on for that's about six weeks worth that i saw like it seems like like even his first response that's why i couldn't tell which was the first response first letter like it seemed like he wrote one a few months back and then it quieted oh, yeah. down and he came back so wow. yeah it was just this ongoing thing <laughs> it's just a very like a youtube comment section it was brilliant yeah so like we, so, we, at least like when people like say like oh the world's really going to hell they're oh look they're remaking ghostbusters again we're going to have two versions people argue about stupid things you just point to the la world from 1910 <laughs> and say it was no different 100 years ago <laughs> nothing has changed like, just, we're just the exact same <laughs> 105 years later it's all yeah. the same yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is good it's, yeah, it's comforting yeah, yeah i like that but yeah i think that's um that's all i have anyway yeah i have nothing else oh it seems like a good a good yeah. finish okay go on well, thanks for listening and yeah. um Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and anywhere where yesteryear's used today on most things or YNT podcast on Twitter. Just yesteryear's news on iTunes and Facebook. Yeah, and subscribe to us and we we got got a few rates and reviews and that was that's awesome. If, if keep you, them coming. If you tell yeah, your friends if, if you have and then you'd like to throw throw us an old review. You don't don't feel like you have to give us five stars just because yeah, if you hate fragile. us, if you hate us, tell us. If you love us, tell us. Yeah. If you feel indifferent, but if you tell hate us. Hate us, don't review us. Tell us, but don't review. Don't leave us once. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, and yeah, that's how That's oh yes, and Gmail. Yes, or yours news today at Gmail. If you want to actually like ask something or mail. Yeah, or if topic. you have a story you yeah, come across, yeah, yeah. you think might be good for us to cover. Yeah, yeah. Or if you have answers to like stories, we weren't able to find more information on. Especially the uh, the fugitives in. Um, you know what? In fact, and, and sorry to interrupt, but like, leave a comment and mail us and tell us what you think a gentleman is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's let's, let's l- continue the debate. Yeah. I oh, yeah, like have this like if we could make one is the longest chain of back and forth arguments in history. Like if the paper's still operating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get people like, if we could get just like anybody listening to write to the LA Hurl with a reply to the a letter from the 11th of March 1910 <laughs> some time ago because <laughs> <laughs> it's still relevant today that's the important thing so I guess we'll see you guys uh, in a new week in a new year yeah. in the future you mean the past <laughs> <laughs>